0: Think
1: welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. I want to, of course, uh, welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, good morning. How are you?
0: It's great to be here, Todd. As usual, this is Saturday morning. This is when we do the New Media Show every, every,
1: every Saturday morning. For those of you listening on the live stream, we're currently coming to you live from Podfest in San Diego. Not San Diego, Orlando. Excuse me. <laughs> Where, I don't know what city I'm in.
2: Where <laughs> are <laughs> Where are we this week? So
1: we're obviously not live with video today, but we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got two great guests. Rob, you want to go ahead and do the introductions?
0: Well, we've got uh, James Cridlin, who's the editor of uh, podnews.net, and he's a longtime radio consultant. I think you've, um, you've coined your, your name for your consulting business. You're kind of a future radiologist. Which yeah, is yeah. an interesting. A radio futurologist. Radio but yes. futurologist. I think I got yes. it almost but, right. But I mean, equally made up. Equally made up. So really, yeah, equally yeah, made up. yeah, right. So, so you've spent a lot of years working on the radio side, but uh, you, you've jumped in and created a terrific kind of global view of the podcasting space with your newsletter. It's Thank fantastic. You. And it's great to have you on the panel. And we have also the wonderful Elsie Escobar, <laughs> who's the community manager for Lipson. And um, also host a couple of terrific podcasts, ones mm-hmm. the uh, the She Podcast and the Feed Yay. from Lipson. So, Thank welcome, Elsie. Thank
1: you for
3: having me. Yeah, I want to have a title like yours. <laughs> I want to be a future
2: futurologist you can, too. You can just make it up. Just print your own business cards and your way. Make it up. Head of Gravity is my favorite. Oh, there you have you, it. Because you can't mess that up. I love that. For those of you that are not familiar, we
1: do the New Media Show every Saturday. We start at 9 a.m. Pacific, typically, and that's a 6 a.m. start for me in Hawaii. We typically do this show live on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube. We're about eight different places live on video. So for those of you who are listening live or watching the chat room today, and we'll be responding to you at newmediashow.com forward slash live, and of course, make sure you subscribe to the show while you're there. Hey, it's been exciting. We've been here at New Media Show for the last couple of days and lots of panels going on, and I think I just want to start it off and just be easy before we get into the heavy topics, because we've got an hour. We don't have 90 minutes this morning, and actually, we have an agenda for this show. That's what? unheard of. You have notes. I saw them.
0: <laughs> Well, well, Todd, we certainly don't have to stick to the agenda. We can. Go but as I am far kind of want. curious.
1: what is your reactions to the show so far? What are the concerns you've been hearing from podcasters? What's exciting, Elsie? What, I'll let you weigh in.
3: Yeah, it's been nonstop for me. I, I really, in terms of the booth, that, that's really all I've had a chance to to do right now is just bend at the booth and talking with podcasters and nonstop, nonstop. So you, you get a varied amount of people coming in saying, like, we love you, we love you so much, lipson. And then we have people coming in saying, I was told to come to your table, what do you do?
2: <laughs> so,
3: and so then it's like, well... Uh, so it's been a, a big mix-up with that kind of stuff.
1: So. and James, you've been wandering around, hobnobbing with everyone. What's uh, what's your takeaway so far?
2: Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. I mean, there's been some fantastic uh, speakers and really knowledgeable speakers about specific areas now, and, and, and that's been really uh, that's been really helpful. But I think you know, by and large, this has been a uh, a get together which really shows that everybody in podcasting wants to work together to help all of podcasting uh, grow. And I think. That's that's been a really nice, positive thing to uh, to come out of this weekend.
1: Rob, you and I talked a lot about the expectations for this show in previous episodes. What What's your takeaway so far?
0: Yeah, I think the show is, is terrific. Uh, a lot of, lot of new podcasters here, a lot of people um, still learning, uh, and that's the reason they come to this event. And, and I think that this event satisfies that need. And there's a lot of... A lot of new podcasters coming into the space and, and, uh, and it's exciting to see the, the medium continue to grow and flourish and, and as we all push the envelope, and we're going to talk a bit about that uh, later in the show here, but just the opportunity of podcasting is, is really on display here and that's what's really exciting about it.
1: I'm kind of curious in our audience, how many of you are subscribed or listened to the show on a regular basis already? All right, we've got a few people here. <laughs> so for those of you that aren't really familiar with our format um, it's brutal honesty, and we have, a, we have fun being equal opportunity smashers when we need to <laughs> about content or about, or about topics that are going on in the space. So, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit risky for Rob and I because we both run podcasts, or I run a podcasting company, and uh, Rob is heavily involved with the operations at Speaker. And so now you guys get to be in the hot firing lane here with us today as we talk about the space. So I think the first topic I just really want to jump into is the global adoption of podcasting. You know, James, you've been traveling all over the world. Uh, you get a lot of exposure being down in Australia, what's going on there. Uh, I know that, uh, Rob, you guys just came out with a study talking about growth of podcasting in, in Europe and down in uh, Brazil and different locations. So what, what's your Well, James, what are your outlooks on podcasting globally?
2: Well, I think um, you can probably split it into countries that speak English uh, and countries that don't. And countries that speak English, you're seeing podcasting really rise. And by countries that speak English, I'm also including places like Denmark and Sweden and Norway where they speak English just as well as you or I. Um, So lots and lots of growth there, particularly growth in, in India and India, I find finding really fascinating at the moment. So many people who live there, they've just launched Spotify. Last week, they launched Spotify. Already, Spotify has one million users in India. Yeah. Uh, that's a big, big deal. Uh, and if your podcast isn't on Spotify, make sure it's there, because my goodness, um, loads of people are going to find your podcast f- for the first time. So I think really, you know, uh, the U.S. is in... The lead, um, certainly when it comes to podcasting, but I think that lots of other countries are now very close behind and, and really snapping at your tails, uh, and I think that's great news for, for all of us.
1: I think too, if you look at the world at large, you know, here in the United States, most people do not speak multiple languages, but it's very, very common for people to speak two or three languages in countries, and English being one of those languages is a primary language. or at least the secondary language that they know. Mm -hmm. So at least from that aspect, even if you are in India and you have Indian listeners, they're able to listen and understand what's being said in the podcast. I think that's good. Rob, you guys came out with some stuff. Of course, we're seeing some uh, same growth in some countries. You are. What is some stuff you guys are seeing?
0: Well, I think just kind of generally about uh, listening to podcasts outside of the U.S., I think you just have to keep in mind the, the orientation of language. And I think that's one of the key things. Um, I think the orientation towards language, primary and secondary language, really drives the the podcasting side, so the creator side, and then the listening side can be English or um, native language. Um, but I think that the opportunity to grow podcasting is is really amazing outside of the U.S., and we may see growth faster as a percentage outside of the U.S. And so I think we're seeing, even up in Canada, we're seeing a, a lot more or not a lot more, but a little bit more adoption of listening to podcasts up there as a per
2: capita than in the U.S. And it's interesting, isn't it, Canada? Because uh, the English-speaking part of Canada is seeing a nice increase, and the French speakers in Montreal, Quebec, and so on are seeing less, uh, you know, of that. And I think that comes down to that language thing again.
0: Right. I mean, because if you think about it, if you're living in another country, and your primary language, let's say, is French, but you you know English, right? Maybe you speak a little bit of English, but you don't um, really feel confident um, in saying it. You're going to want to create content that's in your local language, your primary language, which would be French. So I think that creates a dynamic that's really interesting as you think about it uh, around listening. Um, Content that's produced locally will be typically consumed in that, that local country, but there's still a lot of English content that comes into those countries that gets consumed because people can understand it, but they don't feel confident saying it. Elsie, well,
1: so you get a lot of exposure to your company's customers. Uh, is there anything going on globally that's surprising your team? Are you seeing things like all of a sudden you're seeing a, sp- a growth in a specific country that you didn't expect, or what's your general perceptions as well?
3: The perception isn't necessarily because of Libsyn. It's just me being tapped into the podcasting community, but Spanish, Latin America, Spanish. Um, Spain, is he, it's it's... I'm overwhelmed with the amount of people who have been reaching out to me that that have have been doing things. The numbers I have, one of my uh, personal clients that I work with, his numbers are astounding for me for a Spanish-speaking show that is about real estate. I'm blown away. The majority of his audience is in Latin America. He is doing incredibly well. Spotify has been unbelievable for him. Um, And the the majority of people consume his show also on Facebook. So I think that one of the things that we need to... And speaking of India, I know a guy, um, he, he hosts with us, he is an Indian podcasting consultant Inspiringtalk.com. I hope I got it right because he's going to, I've mentioned him a lot. And last time he was like, you didn't say my name. And so, but he has um, on his show, like when you go to his website, he's got a little subscribe to my show on WhatsApp, like right at the bottom. And I was like, on WhatsApp. And so I was like, really? That's really interesting. And so I tapped in and what he has created is a broadcast channel, which is like a one way communication channel on WhatsApp that essentially just sends the links like, it's not like, you know, you don't get the audio, but he's optimizing for India. He's not, his, his market is there. Why would he want to be sending people anywhere else so that, right. you know? Mm. So I'm, I'm seeing solutions being put forward by the world that we have that are expanding my, just my view of how to reach people.
1: That's really cool. If you think about that, in Japan, they use Line heavily. Mm-hmm. And of course, WhatsApp is big in... Um, in Central America and so also India. So and of course in Japan is I mean in China as well. So it is kind of interesting to see that utilization
2: of using a messenger app to get word out on the yep. show.
1: It's and and, about, and the, most right?
2: obvious, the most obvious thing, of course, is the difference in between Apple usage and Android, and Android right, usage. Right. And, and I know, oh, and yeah, I know yeah. Todd, you, you, you always talk about Android yep. as being a, an amazing opportunity. Certainly, when you start... I mean, VoxNest had some great figures uh, that were in PodNews earlier on in the week. PodNews.net very good. You should get it. Um, and <laughs> what, what that said is... Uh, that, was, uh, that was subtle enough? Yes, it was. Yes. So <laughs> um, and what that said is that Spotify is already the number one podcast app in pretty well all of yeah. um, uh, Central and, and South America, um, you know, in many parts of Asia yeah, as well. That's been driven by Android. And, and right. it's, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I see there being great opportunities in, in making sure that we just don't just focus on Apple. You know, one thing that I always um, laugh
1: about, too, and, and we've talked about this many times on the show, is we hear about these big mega shows here in the United States, and then I look at some of the big mega shows in Brazil, and it just makes me laugh, because the yep. those shows make the biggest shows in the United States look puny. Tiny, yeah. The numbers are simply incredible, the type of reach. And they're, they're shows that are four, five, six hours long. It's simply incredible and they have a million people listening to each episode that comes out on a daily basis. So it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting phenomenon that's happening internationally. I want to switch topics here, and um, I'm going to go take us back to uh, uh, basically time machine. We're going to go back to the 2005 time frame for the first events that we had, and Rob, the demographics of podcasting has changed dramatically. What would you, how would you have broken down the 2005 first new media show we went to where there was, what do you think the male-female ratio was? Oh, it
0: was like 95% male. Right. right. You were, I mean, if you saw a woman show up at any podcasting event back in 2005, it was like people would turn around and go... Who was this person? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was really a disproportionate. I mean, it's the right thing to say, and I don't want to say what the reasons for that were, but but I think it was uh, just because it was so geeky to get started. Yeah. I think is the number one reason, yeah. and it just wasn't appealing, I, I think, to to women the medium at the time. But so LC, things have changed. What year did you come into the space?
3: Two thousand and six.
1: So how would you say was the climb? steady for the ladies coming to the space or have we seen like in the past 5 years the explosion what do you what do yeah, you think I that think that
3: that, that that you're right it was like right or probably within the past 4 years or so you started to see a lot more women coming into the mix i mean it stayed fairly male dominated for quite a while right and it and i don't and, and you're right i think that it had a lot to do with the geekiness of it and the fact okay. that it was just so outside so many Like, what is a... Like, there were so many hurdles to understand that.
2: And the content as well.
3: And the content... Well, see, I started Elsie's yoga class first. And that was a yoga class. And I would teach live classes and then and they would see me like with a thing and i had an uh, like an i river attached to my arm <laughs> with an out yeah. that's how i was recording cuz you know i was old school and that's right. what people used to use eye rivers right. Right. Yeah. and so then i would start to record and they would go like what is that and i was like it's a podcast i'm recording a podcast and they would look at me like these are yogis in la <laughs> right. and so i would get a card and put it at the front and then i started to teach them and that's how that class right. started that podcast started to grow so big because of that and but i was the first audio, like, yoga teacher that was in iTunes right. with a class, like, it was a cl- an audio yoga class, mm-hmm. so I got a lot of people knowing me right away, because it was, was like, my... it's the yoga girl, you know, it Whatever. was like, there was not many. <laughs> it, was geek. Just, it was me. It was yogic, yeah, that's
1: right. You, you triggered a memory, now I remember. It's like, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, a lot of the shows in the early days were couple shows. Yes, Don and were. Drew, you that's know, right. hugely popular, you know, yep. they're still hugely popular. Uh, even today. But now we see this uh, fantastic collaborations of just all-lady shows doing, you know, A to Z topics, mm-hmm. and it's very exciting to me. So I, I guess, you know, from your perspective, you, you, you have the inside track with She Podcasts and everything you do over there. What, is the, what are the ladies saying about the podcasting space today?
3: Well, they, they're they just doing their thing, you know? I think that the issue isn't us. It, the issue is the larger media covering the spaces where there seems to be a narrative out there that is like, there's not enough women in podcasting. Well, what I have to say to you is that there's not a lot of women in power in podcasting. There's not a lot of me- people who are in like the studio heads in podcasting. There's not a lot of people who are doing, who, who are leading or being asked to speak on stage, to be on panels that are being seen. That is still needs to change, but that's not a podcasting thing, that's like a...
0: It's a cultural that's, that's a cultural <laughs> right, thing, right. you know Definitely.
3: what I mean? And so one of yeah. the things that I'm really wanting to stop this conversation in the sense that there's a narrative that there aren't any women here because we don't really actually have a proper sampling of the demographics of our space. We don't. Usually people take the top 200, right. the, the what's hot people, right. the, you know, those kinds of things. And how many podcasts are in Apple Podcasts?
1: Well, the ones that aren't dead. No, uh, no, well let's just do
3: all, but let, think about it. Six, let's just do all.
1: 675,000. Right.
3: So what would be the percentage of 200 of that ratio, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's, it's point yeah. zero three. I figured it out because I, You know, this is the thing. So that's not an, that is not an important or relevant sampling data to really show you what the demographics are. I think
1: I watch, my judgment factor is when I come to events like this, I kind of look at the crowd and I'm looking out here now and we have a, we we definitely have a minority sampling of ladies in the crowd, but they're, but they're here.
3: Right. Which would not have happened. But actually out
1: in the hallways. You know, I was trying. I think we were probably. What do you What do you guys think? Sixty? Yeah, 60, 40, 40 40, maybe?
2: 40. 60, 40? I tell you what, you should You should come to radio engineering conferences. Oh right? my oh, god! My goodness <laughs> That's
3: a whole other <laughs> story.
2: But but also on the other yeah. side, consumption now um, consumption of podcasting is now equal to the demographics of. The U.S. as a whole, and I think that's really good news from uh, from uh, Edison Research. You're actually seeing that it's the same in terms of uh, in terms of ethnic groups, in terms of uh, male-female split, and everything else. And I think that that is, you know, that shows that uh, um, that the content is is you know getting right, Mm -hmm. that the type of people podcasting is about right as well. And I think you know not to be complacent, but I think. You know the the conversation is more about you know as you say, you know um, uh, vis- visibility, on, visibility on, absolutely. on panels and things like that. Yeah, and it's, yeah.
3: it's exposure. It's and it has to be intentional. And I think that we have an opportunity now as as podcasters who are innovative. I feel we're on the fringe. We do things our way. We push different conversations, that it really is now up to us if we're in a position of power, whether whether we're like getting a conference together, whether we are looking to be guests on shows, to kind of like take a look at your own list of people who are on your show and check out the demographics that you have going on in there and what can you do better and go out of your way and find somebody different because nobody's gonna solve this. We are the ones that are going to be solving this kind of stuff and you know, it's it's funny, I made a comment, exactly like I'm saying, on Twitter, and I had, I mean, a, a very, from the bottom of his heart, I know he wanted to support us women, you know, and he just started to tag, like, all of his, he's like, he just said, like, off the top of my head, here's a, a list, right, and he wrote all these people, and it's great, but but I don't think that that's necessary. Do you understand that there's, like, almost 12,000 women in She Podcasts? Could you imagine, like... Yeah, right just starting to tag all of us on Twitter <laughs> and have this giant thread, we are there. Right. right. It's, it's, a, it's kind of like the, the, the thought process is sort of like, no, but there aren't any, you, you keep repeating the same yeah. thing that you've heard, but that's not true. Hmm.
1: And well, I, I, mean, I think for, you know, for a while, at least the last two or three years, and I, I just look at the space as a whole, I, I'm pretty pleased on the diversity yeah. across the board. Yeah including women of color, the whole, the whole spectrum. Um, and it's good because it, it allows us to have a diversity of voices and, um, able to listen to new conversations that maybe we weren't having exposure to before. You know, we really need that in this world today to be able to hear these different views and commentary and thoughts. You know, I tell Rob all the time, I listen to a hundred new shows every two weeks. And, um, I don't even look today at who it is. It's just I pick a category and I go through and I subscribe to 100 new shows. And while some shows I maybe only listen for 10 or 15 minutes, at least I'm sampling. And for me, it's surprising the amount of content that's out there and who's creating what. And sometimes I'm like, whoa. I just like, wow, let me write this one down because, you know, kind of struck me as funny. So if you're not sampling... A lot of shows out there, folks, I mean, We none of us listen to our own, right? Who wants to hear ourselves talk after we've already, you know,
2: sp-
1: spit it out? But if you're not sampling a, a large variety of shows out there, you're doing yourself a, literally a disservice because, you know, I'm, I steal ideas all the time. So that was cool what they did in that segment and take a little tidbit here and there. Um, as I say, you have to... I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm the old curmudgeon in this group. And, you know, Rob and I are both. We laugh about that at times. And so we have to stay abreast of what's going on in the space and, and, and remain relevant. But there's a lot of great content.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're getting very close to demographic parity with uh, society as a whole. Right. And I think there, there are more women than men in the world. So just based on statistics, <laughs> eventually there will be more women podcasting than men, right? So I think that's the course that we're on. We're already kind of getting close to that on the listening side. So,
1: so Elsie, yeah. you
0: did say something
1: interesting to me, though, that you said that from a leadership standpoint, you see it's mostly still male-dominated. And I think about the structure of my company, and while we were formed by men, we do have uh, ladies on the team, but I, I understand where you're, you're coming from. So what do you think we need to do to solve that, or is that up to me to solve
3: No, it's actually just going out of your way to see if there's any other female voices because what I've seen too is like, so I'm going to be totally transparent here. And and part of it is that I did not apply to speak at podcast movement or this conference at all because people know me and I think I'm taking the seat of somebody else that needs Mm. to have a voice. And I think we need to do some of that. I've had that. So what I'm doing with the people that I work with is I am nurturing the women that I work with to become leaders in the space to advocate for them. If somebody offers me an opportunity and and I feel like I've done this before, Mm -hmm. then I offer my seat up and I say somebody else can take it. I think we need to understand that like there's a point where you can like you know you you pass it off. And in terms of leadership too, it's like you know Lipson we have we have a uh, female president. That's right. You know. And you don't really see her very much. And it's interesting. I was just talking outside these <laughs> doors right there about that. And part of it is because she leads in from the back, from behind. She lets us shine. She's always it, pushing us forward. She, she loves her team. And she's always in the back, you know. And so, yes, we want to bring her forward. We've been <laughs> trying to get her to, to step <laughs> forward a little bit more. But it's, it's really about seeing beyond what you know, doing a little bit of extra work. Like, if you see a panel, who can I have on the panel that's going to... And if you don't know, ask somebody. What do you think would be great to come here? You know, uh, it's about that kind of stuff.
1: Awesome. Have we covered this topic? I think we I think so. I think what we'll do is move on, and there's been lots of stuff going on in space. And, you know, Rob and I talk this stuff to death uh, every Saturday when we're available to do the show, but... I think uh, Rob Walsh, during his pre- keynote, if any of you were here, he, he showed a slide where it was like, there was 25 slides of someone that was, or companies that have attempted to become the next HBO of, or Netflix of podcasting.
3: Netflix, yes. <laughs> yeah. Netflix.
1: And uh, I always laugh about that because I think if we think about where this space started, we all started as an open space. And believe it or not, in the early days, for those of you who don't know, we were like One of the signs and one of the favorite things to do was like to flip the bird to the radio people. It was like, you know, screw radio, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to conform, we're not going to be the man, take them down, you know, it was like, this is really the rebel attitude that we have, and we've lost some of that, and it was because of the openness and, and being able to do something that they couldn't control us. They couldn't control where we went and where we were distributed and how we were heard, and... I think we, as podcasters, we all have to remember that is the origin of where the podcasting space comes right. from, and we, we cannot lose that
2: um, in any way. So- no, I think, I think we can, and I think we should. Um, so I was working in radio in 2005. <laughs> uh, I was working in radio in 2005. I coded my first RSS feed in January of that year. Uh, you could have got it on juice receiver if you were very lucky. Right. And... Um, And I remember going to the first podcasting conference that I went to, which was in uh, June in London, uh, which I think was called Podfest, weirdly. Um, But anyway, and I went along and I was there to explain what the radio station that I was working for uh, was doing in this space and how we were gonna help other podcasters. And I was shouted down by other people who are working in audio, other people who are making great audio. We, in broadcast radio, in in, in my previous life, were making great audio. Other people were making great audio too. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. We're here to make great audio. And it might broadcast, it might come out of uh, an MP3, um, it might come out of Luminary. You know, at the end of the day, it's still great audio. And I'm not sure how helpful it is to point at people in radio and say, you don't get it, you're the man. Well,
1: I don't think we're at that... Well, no, I don't think we're there. That's not the
2: point. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, he didn't
3: finish his thought. Mm. He was starting to lay the the foundation. Was the more to the thought? No, no, it's because... what he's trying to say here, I, I'm sorry to speak go ahead, for you, go ahead. is the fact that the, <laughs> the energy of, of podcasting when it began yes. for us, for all of us here, right. was all about that. So there right. was that attitude, and right. that's all, he was just talking, but, but there's been a transition, right? Yes. There's yeah. been a growth, there's been an openness, so mm. like, that was, what, it's yeah. over 10 years ago. I mm. mean, I was, how old was I?
1: 10. <laughs> so anyway,
3: think about that. And so we were just we we're just starting to expand in that, in that space. So yes, there was that thing. And especially for all of, all of us who have been there for a while, we were like...
1: But remember at that time... T- we
3: started to open up.
1: Yeah, but remember yes. at that time, there was no iPhone. There no, was no there Facebook. Was no there was nothing. no Twitter. It was so there hard. was was there MySpace? I, 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 well, there was Twitter. It just whatever it, in it was. MySpace was, was around. Yeah, bit, MySpace. So, yeah, But there wasn't any of this stuff. So to, to distribute something, to get distribution, it was impossible unless you had a website and you made some deal with Microsoft or whatever. So the, the, the ability to be able to be not controlled by the man on distribution was a big part of this space. And, mm-hmm. and it still is. Yeah, because if you know, if I try to call Sirius XM and say, "Hey, I want to be on your satellite right. channel," you know, they're going to like, "Who? Who are you?" And right. you know, that's there's I'm not going to get access to that easily.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at it from a cultural perspective, um, the whole internet revolution was a revolution. That was a threat to many established enterprises and businesses, yeah. and that attitude was the pervasive element of the openness. We're we're going to break these these chains on on our freedoms, and that's that's really if you a lot of the trends with pod- podcasting you've seen have really followed the trends of technology and followed the trends of the adoption of the internet, and you know things from like streaming when podcasting started was was. Um, was something that, that I did a lot because I had an online streaming radio show that I did. And bandwidth was, you know, we were getting tiny amounts of bandwidth. So you had this kind of this weird dynamic of people downloading stuff back then because they didn't get enough speed to be able to, to yeah. get it really real time. But I was like streaming at like 8K and 16K back in those days because people were getting connected for 288 modems. Mm-hmm. So it was a different time. But I think core to this is what was driving the medium at the time, it was the openness of it. Yes. And I think that's what all of us worry about, is that having access to independent producers that, are, that have a level playing field of, for success, right? It, and as big companies come in and invest lots of money, they, they, kind, of, they kind of corral attention, right? You saw it with fa- Facebook, you've seen it with Twitter, you've seen it with a lot of these big social platforms. And podcasting was impacted by social media in a big way, too. So when, when YouTube launched, um, they basically sucked up all the content out of the video podcasting world. Many people don't realize that 25% of the podcasting medium was video yeah. back in the early days. And Libsyn and Blueberry still support video podcasts. It's just that it's been a declining thing. I would say, I don't know, Todd, do you, do you know what the percentage of video looked. podcasts are it's, on your it's, platform? Yeah, I haven't looked. It's Maybe
1: three four percent. It's not much, right. yeah. But
0: it used to be a big chunk of this medium. Mm. So that's I, I think what Todd and I are concerned about is that experience that we saw with YouTube. We just don't want it to happen entirely to podcasting.
1: But if you look at the, this whole Netflix model, um, and I just look from a perspective of where I am at as a company owner and working with content creators probably 97%, maybe 98% of the content that's available today or the, the people that are creating content today have do not have audiences of sizes big enough to support the ability to go to a premium content model. So when you hear of Luminary deciding to have a paywall where they're going to offer the entire library of podcasting and they're going to have paid streams of premium content where you're going to get access to certain amount of free and a stream of paid, to me, I'm just, I think, okay, how did, number one, I don't think they're going to be able to scale it because I don't think there's enough, enough content creators out there creating enough good content with big enough audiences to support a model for all of us to say, hey, I want to pay eight bucks for that. So that model is going to prove itself out whether it's going to work or not, and that's their issue to deal with, and they'll have to change their model five times. But any time someone tries to lock stuff up behind a firewall, I, I get concerned. If you look at Audible, Audible, what was the first time they did podcasting or quasi-podcasting? It was,
0: uh, was called WordCast. Yeah. And, and what they tried to do was apply DRM technology to freely, openly downloadable media, um, you know, MP3 files. And they called it a podcast. And then they quit doing that. Right. Well, but because they, it didn't work. It the, didn't the, work. The, the, the,
1: the whole medium <laughs> just said, stick it to the man. We're not right. going to be doing right. it. Right. Then they, they came back again and were doing podcasts. But they really were never really podcasts because it wasn't technically delivered via an RSS feed. So people have tried this model two or three times. I'm not necessarily worried, per se, that we're at risk as independent content creators. We just have to keep our pitchforks handy.
3: Well, I have, I have a different point of view um, about that. Um, I'm,
2: and I'm not. I
3: know. No, I have a different point of view in terms of the, the membership model or like paywalls and things like that, especially for things like podcasts. But it has nothing to do with our space. It really has to do with economic status for people right. and um, the reality of what it really takes to um, pay for things. And I know as a mama with two little girls and... Um, very little bandwidth like there are some things that for our family we don't invest in and we are like Okay, we're Netflix subscribers Um, I broke up with audible sorry guys (laughs) But I broke up with them because the library system is there and the Libby app gives me free books that I can I can listen to all the time and I listen to all that kind of stuff. I can't justify Spending another eight dollars not to say with all of these like nickel and diving me to be able to do something like that. And then here's the other layer. So there's the economic status. And the other thing is our own everyday habitual behaviors of consuming media. Right. If it, you've got to train people to go to a specific place to listen to something when they're right. used to doing something else. Right. I don't know how many of you guys have ever tried to new, do a new habit. Whether it's like stopping drinking coffee or eating healthier food or starting right. to work out. Those ingrained patterns are hard to break, hard to break right. and you have to have all these systems around. If you have cognitive patterns in your brain and you're going to be, you have 15 minutes to listen to something, you're going to go to what you know and creating all of this new habitual behavior for an industry that hasn't had it, it takes a it's going to take a lot of infrastructure for whoever wants to do this. That's where they need to be spending the money, not right. on created creators. It's not gonna happen. So, that's my view on the $8. So it's gonna prove to, t- we're gonna see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like any other business, they'll, they'll probably just five times and we'll see what happens over right. the next year.
2: But you know, I mean, I think, I think we need to be careful and I think this one, one of the disappointing parts of this conference and other conferences is that people are quite happy to come on, come on stage and badmouth companies. Sure. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, w- what works in this industry is people trying stuff. And when it fails, it fails. And when it succeeds, it succeeds. Uh, and that's an important side of that. But I think we, sh- we shouldn't forget, only a third of US adults listen to podcasts on a monthly basis. Only a third. Now, that's the highest it's ever been. It's a fantastic figure. We shouldn't, we shouldn't think that that's bad. But that means that two-thirds of people not. do not... And anything that, that is out there that gets people understanding, you know, there's lots of people who consume podcasts, podcasts on YouTube, Right. Um, anything that is out there that gets people understanding what a podcast is on the great, you know, the, 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 the only definition of a podcast that makes sense, which is a piece of on-demand audio, anything which is there, which actually exp- helps people and gets people into the habit, as you were saying, is a great thing. Uh, whether or not Luminary succeeds, whether or not, you know, I mean, I think, I, I personally think we should be a little bit more concerned about Apple, of what their plans might be in the future. But I think, I think it's a dangerous thing to stand on stage and, uh, and talk, you know, disparage other companies if, if, we, if, if you're we, not careful.
1: Also, we have to understand that this show, and this is <laughs> a okay. show right now, is holding to its core value where we decipher... What other companies are doing in the podcasting space? As I said in the beginning, we are equal opportunity bashers or praisers where needed. And when companies want to come on and talk about their products and services, we welcome them with open arms to come in and Mm. tell their stories about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they won't. That's right. They won't come on. And we are fair to all guests that come on this show to talk about their product or service. I just want to make that very clear to those of you that haven't had exposure to this show before that may be listening or
0: or talk, you know, watching us today for the first time. Well,
1: so, but I do understand what your point is. Yeah, well, let me and jump also, in on this oh,
0: too, really quick here. I think James has a really terrific point, and this is a dichotomy I've had in my head for many years about this medium: is that when people say the word podcast, what are they really saying? Right? Are they saying it as a reference to a piece of audio content, or are they saying it as a a technology driven distribution channel technology? Right? right. Um, we need to decide as an industry what this medium is. Uh, it, it, when we say the word podcast, does that mean that it's a, a piece of content, audio, which opens the door to what you were saying? Hmm. Maybe we need to open our minds to what a podcast is and not be so focused on defining it as a podcast as being included in an RSS feed. Because maybe, maybe that's not the future of this medium. You know, and I, th- I think we've all had the approach... And I've always
1: had the approach from day one. I don't care where people listen long as they listen. I don't care where they get access to the content. And there's a, you know, a plethora, I think we track over 100 different places where people can get mm. access to a podcast today. And even if someone is, even if that is an old Blackberry device and they're listening on an old app and I get one listen from that podcast, from that listener, that's good because at least they've had access to the content Again, I don't care where they consume it. Um, And again, I'm just, in my mind, I'm here to, uh, and Rob, I think you are the same way, and Elsie, we we care about the independent podcast creators a lot and want to make sure that they're at least informed so that they don't jump into something and make bad decisions.
3: Right. And I think, sorry, Sorry. uh, with the core values that you were mentioning before, he, you, you've always owned up to that. Like, I know that you and Rob don't necessarily, not this Rob, the other Rob, yeah. don't necessarily agree on a lot of different oh, things. And he's nothing, been <laughs> on the show many times yeah. having yeah. conversations about that. And and I think that the issue that I see sometimes with some of these companies is that it feels like, and, and I mentioned this actually on my Twitter account, that I, I have a, a feeling that this is the age of the colonization of podcasting, where you get like, the you know imperialistic countries coming in if you will and and with all of the th- and then all of us that were the hang the ones that were here first are like kind of just dismissed and yeah. mm. part of sometimes when we get it's it's we're, we're trying to fight we're trying to we're trying to have our claim and part of it too is that a lot of the companies that we mention don't really step into our conversation right. yeah. they stay away and mm. so Even if you're afraid, like it would be great for any of the companies that we have spoken to to come in here and shake hands and meet us and say what you said on stage to me, face to face. It's different when you meet people. And it it Mm. feels like it's far away and it's them, it's us and them, but we're here. There's thousands of us here. Meet us. See these pod, this is what they need.
1: I think, you too, know? is, you know, we've spent time from the beginning engaging with the community and we understand the importance of the community. Right. I'm hoping that the new companies in the space also realize the value of the community and getting to know the podcasters. You know, you know, let's be frank, I'm a business owner. I have a podcast hosting business. Um, I want my business to succeed. But I also know that I have to continue to move the bar to the right in making, advancing the products and services so that people stay with us so that we stay relevant. That's my issue mm-hmm. to deal with, mm-hmm. but I'm also a podcaster. I'm also creating content. Mm-hmm. We do this show. I do another show. So at the heart, when, at least when I started, I started as a podcaster first. I can still consider myself a podcaster first and a business owner second, which my board of directors may not like, but <laughs> um, I guess that's the case. But if we don't want to beat a dead horse here too much, let's move on to... Our next topic. We actually have a topic, Rob. This is unusual. Don't, we don't, we, when we do this show, we go, we go raw. We don't ever have any topics to talk about. And the show leads where it will. So, money. Are you guys sick of hearing about money this week?
3: No, they're like, no more, more, no, more money. No.
1: So, more money. I like money. More money. <laughs> more money. <laughs> so, money. So, so how, how do we get to a billion? How do we get to a billion dollars of advertising in this space? Or when will
0: it happen?
3: Oh, my God.
0: And is it important for us to reach a billion dollars in this space? Right. I mean, like in the next two years or three years. If we had a billion dollars, James, could we
1: spend it all today?
2: Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 I think so. At the moment, the market is supposed to be, at least in 2017, which is the latest figures that we've got, the market's supposed to be $314 million. Um, Now, that's in terms of, so that's A, U.S. only. Uh, the big difference is in China, for example, where it's mostly s- subscription models. Jim uh, have done a very good job there. Um, but also um, but also that's US only. And also it's advertising only. Right. And the money in podcasting, and this is what I think is so exciting about podcasting, is not just advertising. It's not just people trying to sell you a mattress or a or an electric toothbrush, for heaven's sake. It, it, it's people... It, it's also things like Patreon and those sorts of services, donations, it's uh, support, Um, you know, there are lots of uh, podcasts who are supported by great companies in the same way that Pod News is supported by Blueberry, by She Podcasts, by VoxNest. Thank you all. Um, And I think that number, that 314 million number ignores all of that, It ignores most of the revenue. So, So actually just focusing on on the advertising side, yeah, I think some of some of that comes down to measurement. Um, I think there is still a perceived issue with with measurement. Blimey, you should go out and sell advertising in uh, colour magazines, and I'll tell you what—you've got a real issue with with measurement there. Um, but you know, having a look at measurement is a really important is a really important side, and just making sure that advertisers are comfortable and uh, and and, and uh, happy with that. But I also think just you know making sure that the content's right, making sure that there are enough you know uh, enough things out there. Yeah.
1: You know, to get to a billion, don't we have to have a double of the number of listeners?
0: Right. Is that... More ad, you know, more ad supply. you got to have more ads to place ads into. I mean, you got to have spots, right? Um, places to put the ads. And we all want more right. listeners. That's right. the goal, right? right. Because we want to get our message out.
2: I think we also need scale as well. Uh, and I think, you know, if Anchor got one thing right, they might not have had the the income right. But if they've got one thing right, it's that they... They are the only companies, so far as I can work out, who have understood how to get scale in host-read um, adverts. Um, they've built this whole system. Now, whether or not it's, it's the right system, I don't know, but they've built a whole system where you as an advertiser can come in and buy a host red ad on hundreds, thousands of podcasts, um, you know, maybe that nobody listens to, who knows? But... but a, but I think that's very interesting, and I think if we can make it easier for people to buy, right. as you were saying earlier, Todd, in, in, in your session, if we can make it easier for people to buy advertising, you know, then that's a great step forward as well.
1: The challenge with making it easy um, comes at a price that podcasters need to be prepared for. If we go to an automated system where a buyer comes in, picks the shows that they are going to run ads in, I'm uh, just... Hmm be fully aware that the CPM model is going to change and you're not going to get 20 to 45. You're going to get 10, 12, 7. Um, maybe that will be the future new reality. I'm going to do everything in my power not to allow that to happen. But
0: I mean, I don't think it has to happen that way. I, I think technology, just by adding technology the doesn't inherently make things less valuable. So um, you know, I think combining the technology of ad insertion with... The, the organic aspects and the authenticity aspects of host reads, trying to bring those worlds together. And, mm. and many of the most popular podcasts that you listen to today are doing exactly that. Um, they're doing it in a successful way that you really can't tell. Uh, and a lot of them are being done through public radio right now. Mm. Uh, they're, they're taking this concept that I'm sharing with you and putting it into practice It just needs to be done more widespread and applied to a larger numbers of shows. Typically, the ad buyers are coming in and buying, yeah, I'll buy these national public radio shows on sponsorship uh, type of relationships. Um, But that's a fairly limited number of shows right now. What we're trying to do is like what Anchor did. um, James, I entirely agree. They were seeing what the models need to be and trying to innovate in that. And I think that was terrific that they did that.
2: Mm.
3: I think that there's an issue with um, the, underst- the perception the, of, adver- of, sorry, of podcasters understanding how much money they're going to be making. Mm-hmm. And that's another problem because the industry can actually rise up. And then right. so the industry's making money, but the podcasters are like, right. oh, yay, $10 right. or less, $5 a month. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it's like and – and here's the other thing. As, I think as a, a creator, a con- content creator, whatever relationship we have with a sponsor – Generally speaking for she podcast we don't work with CPM models we work for with like a straight up like they somebody will just buy an ad on our show and we it's a, you know a, a set amount of money right. but we also have to take into into consideration creating a really great ad making sure that we are totally giving as much value as possible making sure we stay on point with the, which it, with our show is really hard and so, and making sure that we do all of these things. And the cost to us of planning for the actual money that we get, there's times that we've done, we passed on ads, cause I'm like, I don't wanna work that hard. Right. Not for, you know, X amount of money. If you gave me X amount, I'd be working for you really. But sometimes it's like yeah. adding, co- and then the stress of having to put a show out. <laughs> oh my God. If you have an if you have a sponsor, you have to put a show out. Yes, you have to get right. their their stuff. And then it's like, what if my kids get sick and we have to cancel doing a show? This has happened so many different times for she podcast, And then I'm stressed out. We right. don't get the stuff out. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, you guys. We didn't get the ad out. We will get. It doesn't become fun anymore.
2: Right, I it's made the, the, <laughs> yeah. the mistake when I yeah. wrote the the classified advertising uh, right. thing for. Pod news. Yeah. I made a mistake by not um, thinking about holidays. Oh, so So yes. as a, <laughs> so as a result, there's a pod news on Christmas Day. There's a pod news on Christmas <laughs> Day. <laughs> uh, and you're like, Oops, should have been Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. Still there we are. But, but yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, all of a sudden it changes something, which you know, I think passion podcasters are called that for a reason, that they are passionate about making great podcasts. Right. But all of a sudden it turns it into something that you have to do because you have a sponsor there. And that's a difficult, that's a difficult side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a change of a mindset how you think about creating content. I mean, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of independent podcasters can do what they want, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're put into a contract that you have to get something out over some period of time and you have to also maintain your numbers, it turns it into a business. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the mission yeah. should, not the
1: mission, the podcasters need to know that they have permission not to worry about making money. Yeah. yeah. Agreed.
2: Have fun. Rob Rob Walsh was absolutely right about that. Have fun
1: doing your show. If you're you and your girlfriend are hanging out doing a podcast, or your buds are drinking some beers and doing a podcast, Mm. whatever it is, there's no rules. Mm. Do what you want to do. And if you don't want to make money, it's cool. And if you want to make some beer money, or if you want to make dinner money, or if you want to make car payment money, or you want to make house payment money, Mm -hmm. that's okay too. Uh And uh, I think that whatever happens in space is going to happen in space. For me. Uh, it's going to go where it's going to go. If we get to a billion dollars, we get to a billion dollars, which, you know, it's, we're going to get there. Is it now or three years or five years from now? But I think the bigger problem is we just need to continue to build the global audience that want to listen to
0: podcasts. podcast. Yeah. And keep our listeners in mind, too. Yeah. What is the experiences that we're delivering to them when you think about advertising? And I think this is where the, the ad agencies need to put more thought to it, too, because podcasting is different than radio you're right Mm -hmm. it's um radio is a tune in tune out medium Uh, people are distracted podcasting is not like that podcasting is very focused listening it's in your inner ear you're you made a conscious choice to listen to that it's not like you turn on your car and the radio turned on um yeah you know, so podcasting
2: podcasting very much happens on headphones radio very much happens on speakers right. and podcasting is very much uh, 90% of your listeners are listening alone to your podcast right. whereas if you do radio then that's down to 50% you know it's a big big difference so the, the entirely the wrong thing is right. is you know rob as you as you say is to is to put a, a radio ad in the middle of a podcast right. of a man shouting at you about mattresses or a <coughs> <laughs> or electric I, toothbrush. I, I, um,
1: was, I always tell listeners, always remember you're truly in their head. Yeah. And respect that because you are truly plugged in and there's nothing, you're having this intimate, deep conversation. We're having a panel, and we're talking between ourselves, but we have to remember that also right now or a week from now, someone's going to be listening and we're going to be in their brain. And as long as you keep that in your consideration when you're doing your show, it goes a long ways in how you communicate to your audience while you're doing your podcast, you know, it's, it's true. Like on YouTube videos, a kid has one up and we're watching it together and laughing or whatever, but it's the podcast stuff is a more intimate experience. Right.
3: And I have one last thing before, I'm, I'm sure we're running out of time we're here too, but when it comes to going back to ads and what that uh, transition is, and lovely Emily, thank you for coming because I was just about to talk with you. About, about what you experienced, which is you, we, we worked with text expander for quite a while for she podcast. So I think, I think we signed a year, um, a, a year contract with them and it was just a one, one time a month, you know, we would do our text expander ad and, and stuff. And then Emily, almost at the end of that year, she emailed us and she was like, I finally bought text expander. You guys have been talking about it for an entire year. And so it took a year. I mean, I'm not saying that, that was. she was the only one that did it, you right. know. <laughs> but but she, she did it then. It took that long because, and this is something I teach all the time, podcasting is an embodied experience. Most people are involved in doing other things when they're listening. So even if they listen and they're like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing ever. I, I need to go buy that. I need to go sign in. I need to go do this stuff. There are doing things. They're mowing the lawn. They're washing dishes. They don't have a computer in front. They don't have, right. They're don't. they not going to be like, okay, I'm going to sign up right now. Right. They forget. And then even if they want to, then they go home and they're like, they, it's out of their mind. Then the next week, oh, I forgot to do that yeah. thing. Exactly and sometimes it takes so much longer and with advertisers that want like I need to do it this morning. It's all about month. frequency.
2: Yeah, yeah it's yeah. about frequency. It's all about and, frequency. What, and what you say times how many times you say it. It's the only it's, thing that works in advertising.
0: Well, and I think in the <laughs> yeah. past it used to be, I think it was seven impressions. Now it's like 14 or it, something yeah. like you that. You know, I've got Before.
1: hundreds and hundreds of case yeah. studies of what happens in podcast advertising. When a vendor comes to us and says, we well, want to do 30 days, I say, no. Nope. I'm yes. not doing 30. And, and in 60, I Fringe at, and 90, I find, is a sweet spot because yeah. of the repetition of the advertising and podcasting. It, it literally goes like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then it comes on, and you're on, pre, you're on performance, and then it runs three right. or four weeks beyond the last episode. So, um, you know, I always tell podcasters, if you call me in the first two weeks and you're in a panic, remember this conversation we're having right now that don't panic for the first two weeks. Right. If you have 100,000 people listening to your show, sure, there's going to be some instantaneous moves. But the smaller shows, the ramp-up time is longer. But the ROI is much greater over a long period of time exactly, than smaller yep. shows.
3: And, and unfortunately, larger companies don't have the, the patience, patience to be able to test it out. Mm-hmm. They usually see the ROI at a smaller bit like it didn't work. You you have to do a
0: two-week test and see if it's going to work. And the people, the the
3: companies that are really, like, people like MailChimp, people like Squarespace, you can really see the impact that podcasting advertising has had Mm -hmm. for them. But they've got inventory and saturation for Mm -hmm. thousands of hours of exposure to people over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah.
1: I think we've all heard of Squarespace. We've all heard yeah. <laughs> we've heard them all. Well, uh, right. uh,
2: and the weird thing is, you know, I live in Australia, as you can tell from my aloof <laughs> British accent. Um, I live in Australia these days, and uh, either I get advertising for stuff that I can't buy. Right. Why, right. Would I, why would I want to buy yeah. U.S. postage? <laughs> I, right. you know, I, I live in Australia why would I want Stance.com <laughs> <laughs> sta- yeah Stance.com <laughs> astonishingly enough um, so either I hear those um, or which is even weirder I hear well, we'll be back in this podcast after this message. Welcome back. And, and there's, and there's like no, absolutely and there's no in there at all. So please, you know, think of think of the rest of the world right. when, you're doing, when you're doing advertising, too.
0: Well, it's also think of the rest of the world when you're doing your podcast, too. Well, yeah. I mean, there's been... I mean, I've been in the medium a long time, and um, outside-of-the-country listeners will give... You, have given me feedback on my shows before when I get too centric about talking about something that's going on in the United States mm, right? Mm. versus maybe not even talking about those things like, like US holidays you, you really sh- shouldn't even say anything about US holidays yeah. in your podcast if you want to be heard in 100 countries because not every country is going to be celebrating that holiday Happy, always try.
2: Happy Thanksgiving Right. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: like, if there's something going. If there's a holiday
1: in Australia or UK, I always just drop a little zinger in there. And say, "Hey, Australian folks, happy new or happy, yeah, right, yeah, right. Right. whatever. Put it, context, yeah, right. yeah, put it in context. Yeah, yeah. Put it in context.
2: Happy Wombat day. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we're we're almost out of we time here, but I, I, since I've got a semi captive audience, I want to reiterate something that I always like to push upon podcasters is, as you're doing your shows, if you're not thinking about your Android users that are out there, um, please do so. Please look at your websites. Make sure that your websites are, are geared so that an, an Android user that comes to your website can actually subscribe to your show. Um, I've been on this bandwagon for a little over five years now, and my audience, my personal audience, which is a, a tech audience, so there is a good diversity of listeners there, um, is about 50-50. 50 50 uh, and very few people can actually say they've got 50% of their audience on Android and 50% of their audience on iOS. And those are new listeners, not converted listeners. So keep that in mind as you're promoting your podcast uh, to your audiences. Because I always tell it in my show, because you're, you're going to have someone going to randomly jump in and find your show, and if they know that you, they can subscribe via Android, uh, they'll be good to go.
2: Sorry, and if you don't mind, uh, if, you need a, if you need to find out where you are on Google Podcasts or to grab a Google Podcasts badge and just search for your, your podcast on podnews.net, and if you're there, then you can see it. Sorry, Nice, nice little plug. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> there's, there's no advertising on there. Hey, Rob, no, as, no, we're, no, as we're podcast.
1: running out of time here, any, <laughs> any final thoughts for the day as we're wrapping up our, uh, our live
0: show here at PodFest? I think it's exciting for us with this show. I mean, um, you know, we finally have done a live stage show on the show. I mean, Todd and i You're just, on trend. just pull up our, <laughs> our our web cameras, drop our mics down, and we just start talking every week for 90, 90 minutes uh, about all sorts of stuff. And it's usually just Todd and I. So having these two with us has been a bit been a real treat and add a lot of spice and context to uh, to the topics that we talk about. And we do like to bring on guests, like Todd was saying we would love to have some of these companies that we've been talking about and we tend to maybe talk less favorably and have them on the show. Yeah. Somehow we figure a way to go a full 90 minutes and again, we
1: don't plan the show at all, which is incredible. People say plan, plan, plan. We don't. We break every rule in the book and we just, uh, we just go <laughs> yeah. for it. And we don't edit. The shows are never edited. They're put up as they are recorded with bloopers and Skype dropouts and everything included. So, Sweet. Uh, <laughs> but we want you to get over to newmediashow.com hit that subscribe button of course you can get into tune in stitcher whatever way you want to listen you can listen we'll, well
0: live on facebook we're live twitter, on facebook
1: and twitch. twitter and twitch and mixer and just yeah. about every other place right. saturday mornings at 9 a.m pacific we're live with video when i am in hawaii as we're wrapping up elsie how can i reach you
3: Um, you can, uh, social media is actually where I am and you can kind of figure out. I'm choosing Twitter right now as my, my platform of choice, the LC Escobar and I co-host both She Podcast and Libsyn's The Feed. Um, and those are two obviously podcasts about podcasting with two separate vibes completely. Um, so you'll get an opportunity to get to know me there.
2: James? Uh, I, I, I may have already mentioned podnews.net, it's very good, it's free, uh, it's a daily <laughs> newsletter about uh, podcasting and on-demand, uh, and I'm on Twitter as either at podnews or at um, James Critland.
0: Rob? Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, uh, you can send me an email too, um, rob at spreaker.com, and you can certainly go, go to Spreaker and um, sign up for a free hosting plan that, uh, can get you. Uh, you can do some live streaming too, which is what we're being heard on today. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com or at
1: Geek News on Twitter. I do the Geek News Central podcast and I also do your podcast at the PowerPress Podcast website. So I want to thank everyone for either listening live or being here today live hey. with us. This will wrap up today's edition of the New Media Show. We'll be back with you. Oh, you're going to Europe, so no show next Saturday. Going to Spain. So uh, we'll be off next Saturday but I want to thank everyone for tuning in and being part of the family here of the New Media Show. Everybody take care. We'll see you next time on newmediashow.com. Thank
2: you. Yay, thank Bye. you. Yay!